Hello and welcome to the Bible Podcast, a podcast for pastors, church planters, ministers, anyone who is doing the work of ministry and working in the marketplace at the same time. This is your time of encouragement and I am your host, Ade Subbanjo. Hello everybody, welcome again to the Bible Podcast. Yes, as I usually do, I start with just some personal info about myself so you get to know who I am and why I do what I do. Yeah, we have two boys, Demilade and Damilola. We call them Demi and Damilola. Yes, and they are wonderful children. They've been going with us into the mission field and into the ministry since they were born. So they are pastors, kids, and we we trust God that God would use them even greater than he has used us. They they are in school right now, and I'm recording this from Cornwall, Ontario. We are in school right now, and um, I'm going to get them in a couple of hours, and we're going to be doing what we normally do, hang out uh, and play on the computer and teach them a few stuff, and they, they, they are good children so that's that for now and let's get into today's discussion uh yeah i forgot to mention that this is the uh, weekend when the women in our church come together and invite other people to enjoy the presence of god so pastor lu my wife is busy with all that this weekend uh, this vessels of grace conference it's a powerful conference and you women all over the world are being blessed by that by that conference and also i know that some of us may not know that my wife pastor olu is also doing a podcast called like jesus like jesus podcast powerful podcast she started it about uh, a year uh, a more ago about um yeah, 13 months now, and it's been going very well. So uh, if you've not checked it out, I want you to head over to your iTunes or whatever podcasting software you use and search for Subanjo or search for Like Jesus Podcast, and you'll be blessed. I assure you, you'll be blessed. She's had some very good um, people on, and... She has some very good topics. So go over to that and and be blessed. Okay, let's get into today's discussion. The bivocational minister's dilemma. The bivocational minister's dilemma. And um, you know, I want to discuss because that's what I felt when I, I before I moved into uh, full-time ministry and then back into Bible ministry. So here, here is it. You, you are a minister and you find yourself also working in the marketplace. The, the question is, where do you put all of your energy? Because as human beings, I think somehow we find ourselves needing to put our energy in one thing and doing it well. So as Bible pastors or ministers, you don't want to be uh, ineffective in both. You, you want to be effective as a minister 
and effective as a worker in the marketplace. Because if you are ineffective as a worker, then you begin to pull down the effectiveness even of your ministry in the marketplace. So there's this tension. Where do I? What do I do? Do I pursue a career and you know, go all all out to to be the best in my career, or do I pursue ministry and and put this career on the back burner and just leave it and get into the ministry all of the time? So there's this tension always there for a bivocational minister. And today I want to address that because I felt that. I remember uh, in 20, 2007 when the Lord was guiding me to let go of my business and really put all of my heart into building the church that he had called me to build with my wife. The, the, what I felt was that, you know, when I meet people, I wouldn't know what to tell them. Because if you want to build your business, you have to have your business cards at hand all the time. And even parties on the way, in the bus, wherever you meet people, you let them know that, you know, I set up computers, I set up websites, I do all that, and you give them your card. But at the same time, I wanted to build the church. I, I wanted to let the people know that I'm a pastor and uh, I'm interested in the spiritual well-being of people and I, I want them to know that Jesus is real, God is very real, He loves them and He wants to interact with them. So when I met people, I, I had this tension, Who, what do I do, what do I say? And and I would like to answer that uh, because right now, after, after growing in, in this ministry for a while, I've discovered a better way to handle things. Uh, because many people that we deal with uh, have that question. And so what do you do when you have this dilemma, when you have this tension on what do I, how do I live my life? And, and I want to use a scripture that has really spoken to my heart and has helped me a lot. That scripture is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and it will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and it will give you everything you need. That's the New Living Translation. And, and that's, that's what I used to answer that question. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Let it be your driving goal. I know that this is not easy. It's not what many people would uh, want to hear uh, but for for a minister, if if you are a minister, you feel called to the work of ministry, then you should seek God's kingdom above all else. That's your life. Your life and my life is the kingdom of God. And what does that really mean? What that means is that when you wake up in the morning, your goal, when you have a goal, your goal should be that the kingdom of God will be advanced one way or the other. And if that is your goal, then it makes life a little bit easier. Why? Because now you have one goal. And what's that one goal? That the kingdom of God will be advanced every day of your life. And so the only problem now will be what tool should I use? Should I use the tool of the marketplace? Or should I use the tool of the vocation of a pastor or minister or an evangelist? Or do I use both? Now, once you know what tool to use, then 
the problem is solved. So, but before we go to the tools, we need to determine the goal. Every Christian needs to get to a point where they determine in their lives that, you know what? I don't have any personal goal for my life. I'm nothing in this grand scale of things. God is everything. And we have to choose that we would live all our lives for his kingdom. You know, we must be able to speak like Paul says, I am the servant of God. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, sent by Jesus, so to say. We must be willing to obey what Jesus says, that if anyone will follow me, he must be willing to take up his cross. That means put a hold to your own personal ambitions and your life and follow him. And so once you settle this, everyone needs to. So I don't know where, where you are at now in your journey of ministry. You need to get to the point where you make up your mind that, you know what, I'm not pursuing no career. I'm just following Jesus. And I'm, my goal in life is to get as many people into the kingdom. And I, of course, myself to be in that kingdom and, and to live fully as Christ wants me to live. Once that is made, that decision is made, then you now ask yourself, what is the best tool to do that? For some, it will be secular ministry, working in the marketplace. That's the, that's the best way to draw others into the kingdom. And I know I've met people who are doing very well in the marketplace and they are really drawing people. They, they, they attract people to Jesus, bring people to their pastors and to the church and they're ministering, leading people to Christ, getting them saved and baptized. I don't know if those people would do as well in in. At the, at the, behind the pulpit and serving in the church. I don't know. So some are like that. Some will be better off on the pulpit, preaching, doing evangelistic outreaches and ministering to people on the street or music, whatever God calls you to do. If he wants you to do it full time, then you do it because your goal is to build a kingdom, not to build a career. And the last set of people are those whom he has called to do both. They will focus on ministry because that's what every Christian is supposed to focus on. But they will be allowed and given the grace to, to balance it out by being in the marketplace. So whatever he tells you to do, you choose to do that. You, you follow instruction. So how do I put this? I put in two points. The first point, unite your life. Make everything in your life about the kingdom don't look for balance and say i i spent some time in the in the ministry and i'll spend some time doing my own thing there's nothing like that it's one thing everything is for god so unify your life don't look for balance rather look for unity in your life that's the first step the second step is follow the leading of the holy spirit to introduce you and many people to the kingdom so you you need and i need to always follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit. Like in my own case, I had to leave the business for a while and spend all my time in the church office praying and then on the street evangelizing, talking to people, connecting with people to build the kingdom, to build the work of God. In some other people's cases, that's not what it will require. So we follow. We follow. And the third thing is leave righteously that is love like jesus loves live righteously love like jesus loves so that that scripture answers that question captures this dilemma and solves it you know seek 
the kingdom of God above all else. No, that is above having a nice car, above having a beautiful house, above having children that go to the best schools. Seek the kingdom above your own life, above all else. Then live righteously, love like Jesus loves. And he will give you everything you need. So all the other things that others are running after becomes the responsibility of God for your life. So he may ask you to continue to lecture. For example, if you're a lecturer you ask or a professor, he will ask you to stay in school and, and teach because he knows that that's the best way to reach out to those children that he wants you, those young people that he needs um, them to work in his kingdom. So... You don't just jump out of your work and, and start doing ministry. You go you know, set up a program and start doing it, open up a church. No, you don't do that. You, you, you desire to see God's kingdom expanded. Then you ask for the instructions on how to do it. And, and I'm speaking, and this whole podcast is about people whom God will ask to do the ministry work and also keep their, their marketplace work because there are so many thousands of people that are doing that now and God is asking them to do it. And some people are in the full-time ministry behind the pulpit and uh, the street doing some work who ought to add some work in the marketplace to their to the, to their plate, and there are some who are in the marketplace who ought to be in ministry, uh, but they are afraid. They are thinking that if I'm going to do ministry, then I have to get out of 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 the marketplace. So there's that that tension. So I've heard people say that when you are called to ministry, that's your work. You you can't do any other thing. You can't mix it. You can't serve God and mammon. That's how they put it. But that's not what that scripture is saying. Working in the secular or in the marketplace is not serving mammon. That's just a platform for serving God. You can reach more people in the marketplace sometimes than behind the pulpit. So this is this just um, what the Lord has opened my eyes to see uh, as I've worked in the ministry for, for a while. Now, uh, I've discovered that everything in one's life, your home, the way you love your children, the way you, 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 you play with them, the, your, your community, the way you attend the community events, all of them, all of these things are missional work. They are ministry. You can see everything as one. Going to the grocery, um, whatever you are doing. Everything is ministry. There's nothing. We, we don't try to balance things out. Oh, I'll do some. When I'm in church, that's ministry. And then every other thing is my stuff. There's no your stuff. Everything of the Christian, of the believer, is God's. So we must see that. And that will help us a lot. Now, the next thing I would like to to talk about is... Um, it's just some some steps, some steps, some practical steps that I've used over the years, some things that I've learned that can help um, either way, whatever type of minister you are, as long as you you love to serve the Lord, if you take some of these um, points, it will, it will help. Number one, I read a lot about God's provision for a servant. So I, like that's what I did when I when I didn't understand how God was going to provide, I began to read books um, about men of God, George Mueller, John G. Lake, Bishop T.D. Jakes, David Young Cho, and different other people. And 
it helped me to have faith to know that God has got my back. He will provide. He will fulfill what he said. He will provide everything you need. Number two, I did not do this enough, but I, I know that each time I look back to how God provided, I feel so blessed. So writing down God's provision, that's what I that's number two. Write down each time God blesses you, put it down, record it, uh, or just so that you can go back to look at it and say, wow, uh, my God is a, is a great provider. Number three, remind yourself every day that your father owns the earth and you don't lack. God owns the earth. In serving him, we cannot lack. So it's important that we, we think about these things. Even when you are a Bible minister and you're working in the, in, in, at, at an office and you're earning good money, you must remember that he will, he sometimes he will demand you to have faith for even more to do the work. So remind yourself every day that God's a provider. Number four, reject and resist every temptation to complain. So don't complain that you don't have or you, you don't have time. You know, the people that are Bible, they, 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 don't, they don't have as much time as people that are working full time in the ministry, you know, in the church, in, in, the, in the spiritual context. They don't have as much time. Don't complain about time. Those who don't have as much money, don't complain. Just believe that Jesus is the owner of your life. and Everything is working according to his plans. And let's just list it. Number five, ask for wisdom to cut down expenses, be willing to wear used clothes and shoes, trust God that your equipment at home will not break down, buy some appliances used, do without anything you can do without. You know, my wife, God helped her and she, she had the grace to manage things. You know, I, I believe that as Christians, as children of God, God brings us into different situations at different times. Even as bivocational ministers, the Lord may be requiring that you take a chunk of the money that he's giving you to do some ministry and you may have to do without. Learn to do that. That's, that's what God uh, is training us to do and that's what God requires from us. Um, if your spouse would be able to work, that's number six. She, you know, let him work, let her work. Um, work harder in ministry um, than you would have worked even in an office. So if you are in the place where you're working as a minister right now and you're thinking of getting some um, Bible job to, to supplement that, then put a lot of time into the work in the ministry as much as you will put in the work outside. Go in the office, like that's what I did. I went in the office, spent time praying, went out, sp spoke to people. And until today, I, I spend a lot of time doing the work of ministry and I spent one or two hours doing my own um, the work where God has uh, used to, to bless the work that we're doing to provide. I just work one hour, two hours on the computer. And some weeks I don't touch the computer to do any of my blogging or anything because it's a passion for God, uh, God's work. Then um, number eight, produce high quality content, um, record your sermons, whatever you're doing in the ministry, put it. Put, make it very organized so that you can replicate. You know, you, as Bible ministers, we don't have enough time. You don't have too much time. So you need to be able to recycle what you're doing. I didn't do a lot of this earlier, um, and but, but I'm seeing the importance of it now, which is putting things down. Write down your sermons, prepare them well, um, record them, use them over and over again as you disciple people. Um, start a family business if God allows you to do that. 
be joyful in everything. And lastly, this is a journey. It always gets better. It always gets better. I, I, I'm a testimony to that. Our family is a testimony to that. Our lives are always getting better and we're always getting better at doing the ministry. Why? Because we are learning more. We're getting closer to God. We are we have more faith in the fact that our Father knows what 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 concerns us and what's best to to move His kingdom forward. And and if you if you decide to go on a ride uh, with Jesus on this uh, Bible ministry or just full time, depends on what God tells you to do at different points in your life. I want to assure you that once you decide that God's call for your life is the most important thing the kingdom of god is your highest priority you would only it only get better the biggest problem that many of uh, the children of god have is trying to struggle between their own life and god's life and you can say what about me what about me this in the kingdom once you are in the kingdom god takes care of you god got your back he says he will provide everything you need that's his own responsibility and your responsibility and your call is to listen. Say, Lord, what do you want to do this week? How do you want to move? I know people have looked at our lives and they don't understand how, how, how we live our lives. Because when we listen, when you listen to God, sometimes he would ask you to do something that may not be rationally uh, the best. In other words, you know, you, you may look like, you know, you, are, you, you have this job and the job pays so much, maybe 100000 uh, a year. And the Lord who's calling you to ministry may say, you know what, you, you need to take a job of 50000 so that you can have more time. And, and, and how are you going to respond to that? You know, when you tell your friends that or your family that they think you're foolish, that no, the kingdom needs money, but maybe that's not, that's not what God needs from you. It needs your time. And in other case, God may ask you to change jobs or change cities because he wants to give you a job that demands less of your time but pays you more so that you can have more money to do the work of God. But you don't know that at the moment. And so it looks as if it's not the right thing to do. How do we know what's right to do? We'll wait on God. We'll let him guide us. I want to say this in wrapping up this session, that there's, there are no fixed answers when walking with God. Nobody can tell you exactly what you should do. Each person must receive direction from the Holy Spirit. You need to receive direction from the Holy Spirit for your life, for your ministry, and know that those directions will be within biblical uh, parameters. It's not going to tell you to do something that is not script. It's not scriptural. But when you follow, your joy will be full. Your, you will have peace in your heart, and you have fruit in your ministry. Thank you. So that, that's why I'm going to stop for now. And uh, in the next section where I talk about resources, uh, I would like to mention that the resource I, I want to leave with you for this week is uh, a website called the Blue Letter Bible. So you just go on Google and type Blue Letter Bible. It's a, it's, it's a website that I've used since I was in uh, theological school. And um, it, it gives you an interlinear uh, Bible that is, shows you the Greek or the Hebrew words for each of the words that you read in, in the Bible. And it's very helpful. I found it very helpful. So I encourage you to go there, blueletterbible.org. And it has it has several 
um, commentaries and and um, comments. So it's very useful resource. I've used it, and I encourage you to to use it as well. So thank you very much. Now let's get into um, the question and answer time. Uh, today I don't have a lot of time to answer a lot of questions, but I have one question that I want to I want to answer in in today's segment, and that is. Someone asked me a few weeks ago that I like to talk about love, and the this you know she says she doesn't really know how to express uh, love, and 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 I think that's that's a big question. You know, any Bible pastor, any minister, actually, our work is loving like Jesus loves. So, the the call for a, a pastor is to love exactly and and allow love to flow from their heart to the other person and, and and this sister says i don't know how to express the love especially to my family members i don't know how to express love i'm going to answer that question briefly today and to the next week i will answer it more i will take more time to talk about how to express the love of christ how to love like jesus loves but in, in answering that question briefly, I will say this. To love is to respond to the move of the Holy Spirit in your heart. The way to love is to respond to the move of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And once, once we are filled with the love of God, even those who are shy will find themselves taking the right action. You know, if if you if you find a woman who is so shy or a man who is so shy does not know does not really like to talk in public or does not really like to act out in public, and um, you set their car or their home or their you know their dogs, God forbid, even some something very precious to them on fire, you will see them act. Why they act? Because they love that stuff, or that, that stuff means a lot to them, and it's been consumed or it's been destroyed. Then you see them act. They, at, at that point, nobody's thinking about, oh, what will people say about uh, the way I'm running to pick up my, my, my phone from the fire, or the way I'm trying to rescue my dog from the fire, or the way I'm trying to um, rescue my child from the fire. God forbid uh, that. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying that when, when the love of God fills our hearts, we find ourselves responding the way Jesus will respond. So what, what do we do? We allow the love of God to fill our hearts. How do we allow the love of God to fill our hearts? By faith. Everything in the kingdom is done by faith. We got born again by faith. We, we, we simply believe the word that God made real to us. And we started acting on it. So how do you respond in love? How do you act in love? First thing you do, you believe that the love of God is in your heart. And I think for that sister, she knew that. She she told, she says, I know that I love people, but I, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to respond. You, you don't need to think about how to respond for now. You just think about what's best for this person. And as you meditate on what's best for this person, and you meditate on, Lord, what? how do I express this thing that is the best for this person within the capacity that I have. And then you act. Some some people would, would respond by, by giving. Some respond by praying. Some respond by talking to the person. Some respond by sharing. 
some are very touchy feely they, they hug and they touch what matters is that you move that person from where they are to the better position that is within your power as the holy spirit works with you and so as you do that you are loving you know there's no fixed way of loving every person will love you in a different way that's why we're unique and so that that's the answer to that question as bible ministers that's that's our big work because you're bringing love to the workplace it's not the same as in the church where the people are expected to love there's an expectation but you you're in the place where there's no boundary you in the in short there you are not expected to act in love you're expected to work and and find a way to 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 outsmart the other person sometimes in, in the environment that we're working you are trying to to be the better person and to rise up be, beyond that person but we are called to love within that that context so i encourage you next week i'm going to talk about that um, how to really love like jesus loves god bless you thank you for listening don't forget to go head over to adesobanjo.com and leave your questions this segment is for questions and answers and i would like to to share the recordings um with people so go to the website click on that red button and record a question it's only 90 seconds so make it sharp and make it fast uh concise i'm going to be willing to share some of it with us and answer them God bless you. Father, we thank you for everyone that listened to this. I pray that your blessing will rest on it and the words would impact everyone that, that's listening. Faith will rise in our hearts and we'll take action and live for you and build this kingdom that you have given to, to us. You, you brought us into this kingdom. We appreciate it. And we pray that many more will be brought into the kingdom this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs>